So this is No Soul, episode 58. We're back again. It's the East-West Connection reunited. Frank back in action here after a little hiatus. Quick one. What up, what up? How was your uh, leave of absence, your brief leave of absence, your assignment? It was cool. It was great. Refreshed. Ready to do it. Nice. Dude, how you feeling? I speculated. Hold on. I have a question for Frank. Um, I speculated that you were on the beach. I don't know if you heard. um, Wearing a Psycho Sid, blue trunks, and uh, knee pads and (laughs) flip-flops. Is that correct? Or somebody's spine somebody's spine on my okay i thought so i had my people out you know (laughs) the feelers out there in california so sid justice yeah well you you said vicious at that time um okay him in the the big van yeah you're right you (laughs) said uh you don't know frank heard frank don't listen to this show you think frank has time to listen (laughs) to no frank's a busy guy and listen by the time this airs i'll have listened (laughs) okay to the others yeah, we uh we did review Bash at the Beach 1994 last week in episode 57. Frank unable to make that one, but Frank, you did watch the show. You probably had some thoughts. So please, with the uh the loyal listeners, give them your quick synopsis, aka your review on this. Uh, um, show. yeah, uh, I thought it was uh I thought it was fun actually. The show overall, I thought there was maybe at least two or three matches that I was like into. I was into Regal. Um, Johnny B. Bad actually, mostly because of Regal. I was in the Austin and Steamboat. That's probably the best match of the show, in my opinion. And I was, I was, I was, I was actually super into Flair Hogan. As a non-Hogan guy, it just felt big, you know. It just felt like a, it felt like a main event. It felt like um, like a WrestleMania main event, like they should have had, you know. Instead, even if the guys were a little late, like Hogan was a little, you know, on the downside or whatever, it still felt big. I liked all the promos backstage and maybe a little too much interference in that match for my blood but i was into it still so yeah the rest i mean vader guardian angel i think i saw ed or somebody talking about guardian angel how they love ray trailer i can't do it dude there's never been a ray trailer match <laughs> i care about um if the undertaker wasn't hanging him from that ring in philly there probably wouldn't even be a highlight <laughs> i cared about to be honest i'm not a i'm not a ray trailer guy so i was mm. very low on that and the um pretty wonderful match that too I could have oh, skipped that. It's a long one, huh? You know, but what? Who else was on there? Let me look at my notes. Oh, Bunkhouse so, Buck and Terry Funk and Arn and Dustin. Ah, uh, that you know was what it was. It was cool, I guess. The finish was cool, even though it's a finish they I feel like they've done tons of times that like, within that same show. But whatever, it was cool. Yeah, I wanted to know real quick uh, if you the big celebrity. The surrounding the star power they put around that if that it did translate as a big feel yeah i felt like because obviously this is not wwf and like it's not like a um like a starcade replace but it felt like a wrestlemania type of show for them you know what i mean so yeah seeing shaquille o'neal or whatever 510 shaquille or whatever bobby called him <laughs> in the beginning of the show um you know i think that did add to it you know made it they're trying to be like that mega show and you got that main event. So it makes sense. Yeah. But I did feel that way. I thought it was cool actually watching it from with that perspective, I guess, cause I'd seen it before, but watching from that perspective, I was just like, Oh, this does feel like a big show for them. Yeah. Uh, John and I both said when, when Bobby said, 
Shaq was 5'11". We both yeah. thought of you <laughs> yeah, immediately because yeah, exactly. you always say how small the guys are. But we kind of, uh, I feel like we agree with you basically on everything that you said. Um, we kind of said the same thing. I like the, pe- the uh, I was going to say Power and Glory, the Pretty Wonderful match. Mm. Um, I just felt like it was long. Yeah. I just, I like those guys. And I said how Orndorff seemed to be like having fun. I thought it was cool that he, um, he did like, the road dog. Well, he like, he looked out for Paul Roma. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I thought that was cool where Arn and Flair, like, they were put with him, but they weren't thrilled about it. But yeah, they seem to be having fun with each other. So I just at least enjoyed that. Um, but we, we agreed, especially on the Hogan and Flair thing, like, how big they made it feel mm-hmm. you know the production was there for that yeah Bobby they were... said something like you know whatever 20 something years ago man walked on the moon and today there's this. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i was like god damn it's a big deal huh? yeah yeah uh, but i was actually asking duke if you agree with the booking to get hogan in the main event right away get the world title on on the right right away and establish your main man because it's a it's a huge get it's the biggest get you could ever yeah. get for a wrestling company you can't i couldn't argue with the booking i, I like that they did that but what do you yeah. think because some people were saying they could have made you wait for the hogan win yeah i mean i get that but i think at that if we're putting ourselves in 1994 he's still like the biggest name in wrestling even if it's the star is uh starting to fade a little bit you know he's still like the biggest name WWE didn't have anybody that could top come touch him you know what I mean so like when you get that kind of signing I think you gotta you gotta take the ball and run with it I if it's hard to blame him like I you know I'll cheer for Flair 10 out of 10 times in that matchup you know what I mean like if it was up to me but I get it especially as soon as he comes in very predictable too if you're watching it and you see Linda in the front Mm -hmm. row you know what I mean like it just feels like you know, a coronation of a guy more so than like an actual competitive match, you know, by the end of it. But I understand where they were coming from. And I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding because I think it helped them. You know, it started it, it started to give them eyeballs and it eventually would put them as a top show. So, you know, it made sense long run, even if it would have been it wouldn't have been like my preferred move as a fan. Yeah, it was a fun show overall, I thought. We have a special place in our heart for WCW, all three of us. Uh, and it's always cool to go back and watch those shows, even when they're kind of bad, they're kind of good. You know, like they're yeah, just... Yeah, it's just different. They yeah. feel different. When I watch these old WCW shows, you know, like something about it, like even when they're not good, I find myself having a little bit of fun in there. You know what I mean? For whatever mm-hmm. reason. I, I don't know if it's the timing or just the way they used to... The production of their shows, you know? But... uh. I find myself liking having fun getting through it, you know, whether or not mm-hmm. it's my cup of tea or whatever. I did want yeah. to point out that I'm sure you guys talked about, it. I don't know if you guys talked about it when Hogan makes his big comeback and he goes out of his way to punch Sherry in the face. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And oh yeah. I had to send that to my, like a couple of my buddies who, you know, who watch every now and then and like, no, watch Hogan just rip into Sherry. He was out of position or whatever. Just so funny. He went, he went out of his way to do it. He too. did it. Yeah, exactly. He didn't and have just, to do that. Yeah. Then he gets up and starts dancing. Made me laugh. I love that part. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah, that was a fun show. We we will go back in time and watch more WCW from yesteryear, but uh, continue to let us know in the comments what you want us to do going forward because it's been one year. That's why we're here today. It's our 
one year anniversary show, you can call it no sold. We started this little thing one year ago today, and we're here to kind of go down memory lane a little bit, talk about the process, talk about the, uh, I guess you could say the highs and lows, because there's been some lows, like when, you know, Frank five minutes before the show calls in sick from the beach <laughs> and then we find but yeah. no we've had so many fun times and we wanted to go and talk all about it we also actually want to talk about SummerSlam coming up we're in the thick of the summer but duke one year ago you got the call i picked up <laughs> i said <laughs> i texted the big Connor man. asked me to stick them <laughs> he asked me to stick them <laughs> did the thing <laughs> yeah so yeah, to bring everybody, it. you know, the listeners through the process, <clears throat> I'm not a great texter. And these guys, these two gentlemen right here, like to go back, back and forth and they'll argue. I won't say argue, debate. They debate a lot. <laughs> so one day, you know, we have a group chat and there's literally over 100 messages. And like at that point, I'll be honest, I'm like, delete. You know, I'll catch up. <laughs> <clears throat> and then one of you guys were like, oh, yeah, what do you think about the podcast? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, yeah, we're going to do a podcast. But I was like, no. <laughs> and then, of course, they here we are a year later. They convinced me. Um, I so my thing with podcasts is I think they're pretentious, honestly. And I think that um, it's pretentious for someone to think that like, oh, they want to hear what I have to say. But <clears throat> getting past that like i get to hang out with my buddies every monday night you know frank's in california so this is really the only way we speak besides through text and like i'm so glad that i did it honestly mm -hmm. like i have so much fun i i look forward to it i do like i look forward to this every week and i hope that the listeners do as well but like the process was kind of funny because i went from like not wanting to do it to when you know, we can't do it. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like, mm -hmm. for example, next week, John Boy, once again, right in the thick of the summer, this guy's got business to take care of. No sold official business. He's flying <laughs> off to Venice. And, and uh yeah, so yeah. it's a it's a big That's thing. It. We're not gonna be here next week. We love a, a show for you though. But following week. Yeah, yeah the process Duke has been funny. Duke, not uh, like the biggest texter or tech 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 savvy. Can I say that? Not not like huge with uh, the. I think you're calling me old, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> you were like, bro, how the how, a podcast? How are we gonna do? You don't listen to podcasts, admittedly. <laughs> I don't. Usually, I don't. Yeah. And uh, Frank and I would go back and forth quite a bit in the text, and I think I, I said to him, like, bro, we spend probably it's eight hours of our yeah. lives in yeah. during the week you know, yeah. texting, we can probably just talk in, in a couple hours and get all of our shit. In. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's basically how it went. And I mean, it was, you know, it was a good, it was good that it worked out too, because mm -hmm. until AEW, we weren't, we weren't even talking wrestling really. Yeah. You know what no. I mean? Like we sort of stopped talking wrestling. when we would see each other, we would talk wrestling, but there wasn't mm -hmm. much to talk about. And, you know, I, I feel like our fandom as a unit was fading away. Mm -hmm. We obviously For all sure. watch what we watch, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like religiously, tuning in until AEW, you know, <clears throat> I was telling everybody who would listen, dude, that was the best show I ever went to when I went to that first double or nothing, you know, and it took that. you guys a little bit maybe just to like, yeah, all right, let's see what this oh, yeah. new show is, especially John Boy. Yeah. But, 
you know, we were just all started started a group chat talking wrestling again, which hadn't yep. happened in forever. And yeah, and one thing led to another. Here we are. And yeah, me and John Boy would argue for hours, and you just Duke, Duke would just tune us out. I'm waving that start flag. The, start brothers. the next day. Start <laughs> chat the next day. And I'd be like, "What are you totally talking different? about? Podcast? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You guys, we haven't just, even had a good argument in a while, though, man. Like, no, you really good, haven't. No, we got to heat things up for this summer. For the summer. <laughs> no, but Frank and I would um, <clears throat> be talking about AEW, and you're right. That's kind of what got us chatting again. For me, there was. Uh, a little period where I wasn't sure about AEW, but I want to say when we would get together and hang and talk, it would always be about like old school wrestling. Usually mm-hmm. we'd be compiling some list of some old school stuff, <laughs> but with AEW, it brought us into talking about the current stuff because other than the rumble, when would we really even talk yeah. about wrestling? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Rumble and mania now, because it, it used to be, you know, rumble mania, Summerfest, and survivor mm-hmm. series, but mm-hmm. they don't even matter anymore. Quite it's frankly. Crazy, right. Yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah. SummerSlam, I used to treat like WrestleMania. WrestleMania of the summer. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, I'll forget that it's even SummerSlam weekend. It's like, oh, wait, yep. it's SummerSlam. I'll, I'll watch it, I guess. <laughs> you know yep. I mean? yep. Yeah. We do want to talk about this year's SummerSlam, um, you know, as we go forward and preview it a little bit. We'll see if you guys have any interest. I mean, I know the listeners, they're pretty hot and heavy for this uh, main event, Jay versus Roman Reigns stuff. But yeah. before we dip before we dip too far into that, uh, I want to say also about the podcast, like, circling around reconnecting with people i think each one of us connected with someone in some way that we didn't kind of kind of talk to anymore or whatever obviously zern for for duke and i and you frank like yeah you hadn't talked to me forever that was that was a huge thing for the podcast for us um to reconnect with him and and talk you know regularly again and not only about wrestling and that was only because like we didn't have like i didn't have his number i got a new phone like I don't know, a couple of years ago and I didn't have Mike's information like or anything. And then he just happened to comment on YouTube the one day and remember, and we were like, who is this? And it was, it was our boy Zern in disguise. And yeah, it like, Oh, right. Us. That's right. That's how remember? it went. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Cause I it remember. was like under a different name it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like mask, Zern yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And the like everybody, like a bunch of guys, you know, that we used to talk to, like Chuck has chimed in our old mm, buddy Chuck. That's right. Um, you know, obviously Ed, I see Ed, but yeah, um, you guys. Frank, wasn't there someone Ed? else uh, with hmm. you? You, had, I think there was. Uh, um, a I don't know, but like Mortis, Gregor Mortis, yep. commenting yep. more often. I feel like my interactions with Gregor has like you know increased because of the show. You know, we all love mm-hmm. Greg. It's just yeah. I'm just like Duke. I'm not the greatest texter. You know what I mean? If you text yeah. me, I respond. If it's up to me to text you, we might never speak again. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, one of those yeah. deals. You know. So it's just like it gets you back in touch, Brain Marvel, you know, all these guys yeah, you know, yeah. who yeah. I, who I mm-hmm. hadn't heard from or, you know, just don't hear from as often anymore, you know, Bob back because of the show, you know, very cool. And it was cool to see Zern. Then, I, was, I, I popped for Zern. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. And then, like, you know, new people that we met through the podcast as well, which is cool, right. you know, yeah. and, like, meeting um people with obviously similar interests and stuff is always nice and yeah, it's been a it's been a fun process for sure. Yeah, Ed Ed is someone that uh, apparently like we spent time together, like watching yeah. interviews back in the day. Yeah. There was just hun- like probably a hundred people, people that have come through the house, so there yeah. wasn't anything personal, but like it's so cool because Ed is such a loyal listener, such a you know he's always giving us yeah. his input, but he also chimes in. He'll text me through the week because he creates these characters in two K. 
Oh, yeah, he's I've just, heard. He's like Phenomenal. a master of these yeah. creations. And God bless his time put in because <laughs> the yep. detail is... But he'll always send me like, you know, check out, uh, I, I made the Beverly Brothers. I'm like, bro, where's the genius, you know? And he's like, <laughs> I created the genius the next day. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just such good work. So even yeah, like stuff cool. like that's fun. And he's just a nice dude. And yeah, Zern, our boy. And an old back. school, like Ed's an old school fan too, mm-hmm. you know? like That's so always he, fun. Yeah, he, um, you know, and he likes like, you know, like he's a Paul Roma guy, yeah. you know, it's it's nice to meet or reconnect or whatever with people that like, like dudes that, you know, you don't normally and stuff. It's just fun. Yeah. Lorenzi was another guy. Oh yeah. Lorenzi. Was nice. Always chiming in getting to, you know, connect with guys like him. And I remember um, even, you know, John Petrick, mm-hmm. another one of our listeners who brings the passion and, and the insight. The most has passion, a, uh, some would say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And that's that's what it's all about. So like even we that need it when you got cold. these AW haters like John <laughs> John Boy on the pod. I'm just a uh... we're missing names too, so forgive <laughs> yeah. us. But you know, there's we'll been so it. many people that have commented. I forget the one guy's name. It was a hilarious name, and he said somebody had baby mama baby. energy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's me. That was me. He was talking yeah. about me. That's right. You Imagine. had baby mama energy. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a good one. So. I, yeah, I'm, a mark, I'm a mark. I'm a mark for the comments. You guys comment on the videos and all that. I, I always read them. Mm-hmm. I'll comment if I'm, if I feel the need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool to see. It's interesting how um, we never know, you know, what is going to be like received well or or like take interest by anybody that's listening or watching. And uh, there's been times where we'll see, oh my god, like all this like listening activity went up in belgium and it was for you know like a random episode on ecw barely legal 97 (laughs) and we're just like okay why did that pop so hard in belgium (laughs) and it's like your head scratching and then you do something like you know we did a a double thing on like all out and Uh, and, you know the clash at the castle that was a big big one and of course our dream matches and that's one thing i wanted to bring up is like our own personal uh, taste being like given because it's one thing we don't sometimes maybe me sits up here and tries to sound like a like a know-it-all about the business or whatever but really it's about like what we like mm-hmm. and dislike is I when it's fun. really i disagree i don't feel like you i don't get that vibe from you i think you like what you like i think yeah. we all like what we like my thing is like when you try to tell me that i'm wrong <laughs> for liking something <laughs> like that's yeah. what i don't like but i don't feel like you're a know-it-all by any means i think you like what you like and you don't what you don't and it's the same for all three of us you know yeah. right um it's true you know i mean there's about adding that... your flavor in when you talk about your favorites you know we can get into it which is fun yeah. when yeah, we get into like, those debates you know we've gone through 57 um episodes now and uh i wanted to ask you guys like what were like some of your favorites and like for me, my favorites were always the ones when we were either reviewing old school stuff or doing like lists. Like our, yeah. you know, I the dream match one was a lot of fun. Um, our favorite wrestlers mm-hmm. was fun, and um, I think it's also funny that a year later 
and we probably even talked about it. You know, when we were making our favorites list, we were like, oh, this is probably going to change, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's some, you know, maybe nine, eight, eight, nine, ten, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. around there, they mm -hmm. might fluctuate. But like, there's guys that even just a year later, like, because I've watched so much stuff now in this past year that I'm like, damn, how is he not on my list? Or like, yeah, how's this match not on my favorite match list, you know? Yeah. It's tough to narrow it down, but in the moment we have to do it sometimes. I think we should peek behind the curtain and let, let people know sometimes how it's not lately, but sometimes it was difficult to uh, get us three stubborn, me and Frank <laughs> are probably more stubborn than Duke, but you yes. remember the dream matches? Uh, oh, we had boy. to kind of like break down how we want to do it. And Frank's yeah, like, yeah. not feeling it. I was all. not feeling it. That was early. No. Yeah. yeah. And I was not feeling well, because I feel like you discouraged me first i want to start mm. there so i felt like i was on board and then i got discouraged by like what you were thinking versus what i was thinking you know it happens listen we go through some drama every now and again when we get we push through the episode came out it was fine no one knew <laughs> until no now until now a lot of yeah. people probably don't talk about that these podcasts zern actually brought up to me recently how podcasts can uh tear peers and friendships sure. apart and and i was like really because Listen, we're not like, making any money. Famous athletes. About the passion. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No. Exactly. You know, it's not that. I think. I think when keep people put money in stuff, they get fucked around with. You know what I mean? But we're just here. I'm just arguing because I wasn't so passionate about the format of the dream match episode. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Somebody was more figuring out the what we were actually talking about versus you know, and it happens every now and then. There's a topic and you just don't feel it, and the time comes and we're just sure. not in it. You know, and it. And it and it sucks to go like be like that going into an episode. So we try to figure it out if it, you know. And that's why, rough. like, usually we do. I'll be I'll be honest about like, you know, when I talk about new stuff, like it's hard for me because like I'm I'm not passionate about that. Mm -hmm. So I I just try so hard to like find the good in whatever we're talking about. And then the bad I just won't mention, you know, like I don't like to if somebody's enjoying something, like I don't want to shit on what they like, you know what I mean? Like I'd rather yeah. accentuate the good, you know, like I, I just don't want to talk like everybody loves this bloodline storyline and that's great, mm -hmm. man. Enjoy it. Like it's not for me anymore. Like I, it's, it's run its course in my opinion, mm -hmm. but like, if mm -hmm. you like it, who am I to tell you not to like it, yeah, you know, yeah. but the old school stuff, like, Anybody that listens knows that's where my heart is. So, like, mm. every time we talk about that, you can probably even hear it in my voice how happy I am to talk about that stuff. Because mm -hmm. it's like, even like you mentioned, Frank, if the show's not that good, I think it's like, it's like charming or something. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like it just has, it's like fun. It reminds you of mm -hmm. like simpler times or something along those lines, mm -hmm. you know. But um, even though the one that we just reviewed um, last week, Fashion Beach 94. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a great show, but like we all enjoyed it, you know, because yeah. it was just like a fun little show, you know. And mm -hmm. it gives you a reason to go back and watch these shows, sure. you yeah. know. So when we know we're gonna talk about them and pick them apart or nitpick, and that's the that's the best part of watching like an old ECW barely legal 97 is I'm gonna hear Frank's opinion on you know, sign God Dudley or, or whatever, like just, <laughs> yeah. just a random tidbit, you know, but I want to say really quick, the old school stuff is super near and dear to our hearts, but I never thought that like we would be those guys that doesn't 
gets current stuff like blizzard literally mm-hmm. being like the old you know you know grizzled yep. guys but i yeah. think i try to do my best to like maintain a little old and new love the best i can it you know i don't know about you guys but frank you're you're more forgiving than us yeah. about yeah. some of the styles out there definitely I, I definitely more forgiving than you guys about the styles and stuff like listen i don't like the pizza flipping guy either you know what i mean like dan Housen, <laughs> dan Housen doesn't do much for me either but i'm not offended by their presence you know what i mean which mm-hmm. sometimes feels like john boy's issues very, <laughs> you know very so like, very triggered you know like yeah and like i mm. I, I try to watch a lot of modern wrestling listen i come off as a wwe hater but i haven't liked that show in years you know what i mean and it's oh, like yeah you know, we're all we're all kind of in that same boat i try to while i go through phases where i'm watching more consistently or not i just don't like that show dude but like i tell to try to tell people all the time like wwe is my favorite company of all time you know what i mean like the wwf you know so it's sort of like there's no real hatred i just i haven't liked their show for 10 years you know what i mean i still watch i was still supporting now i feel like they burnt me for my money too often now i don't even want to support but you know it's like i love that show you know i try to watch as much current wrestling as i can their show is just tough for me to get through i I mark out for dynamite or aew i should say more often than not anymore but you know i just like to be open-minded there's a lot of wrestling going on out here um, when I first moved to LA, the independent wrestling scene was garbo, you know, nothing. And, you know, and I'm coming from Philadelphia, you know, so it's sort of like where we could go to whatever legendary independent promotion we wanted to over the years, you know? So like coming out here at first, it was really trash. You know, I couldn't go to a wrestling show if I wanted to, but to see the change in the last four or five years, you know, with AEW and the independents getting more shine. And you know, I've been to GCW shows, PWG shows, you know, New Japan shows out here, all this stuff. AEW as well so it's like it finally feels like there's a wrestling scene out here and it's easy to just grab somebody like you want to go to this lucha show you want to go to this women's wrestling show you know you want to go to this extreme deathmatch show you know there's so much happening out here now so like the resurgence of wrestling is cool and it's like it's a perfect time with this podcast you know and it's just able to keep it moving the timing was really good and I, I was going to ask you guys if you feel like you would be as like immersed in the wrestling biz if we weren't kind of talking shit every week because i don't think i would be no (laughs) no i mean i've gotten a few buddies who are not into wrestling into into aew at least pretty big time out here you know and just and not because i haven't we also watched the rumble we also watch wrestlemania i just think for the layman or the person you know who's not quite as invested into what wwe has sold them for a while aew is a little easier just to look at more of a spectacle for, in terms of in ring you know what i mean what they're looking at they don't care about all the pomp and you know pageantry that the mm-hmm. wwe is like known for at this point so like i've gotten you know my buddy taylor back into wrestling a buddy adam here he didn't watch a single minute of wrestling until he just kept coming over here and i either had raw on or AEW on dynamite you know and he saw dynamite now he comes over now he's texting us he's full-blown mark it's funny mm-hmm. I'll get a text so in the morning cool. in a group chat and it'll be like AEW, like dirt sheets, <laughs> you know, dirt sheet news, you know? And I'm like, oh, this guy's in deep, you know? So it's sort of like, yeah, it's just. He got the bug. A- yeah. AEW and me like sort of turning some people onto that may have gotten me watching their program more, but like definitely wouldn't be so hardcore about it. You know what I mean? Like if we weren't chatting it up and feeling like, oh, it's part of our job now, <laughs> you know, we're going to yeah. watch this total yeah. show. 
Yeah, we're in it. And I feel like the timing was really good because it feels like a boom for sure. A huge wrestling boom, sold out shows all around WWE business is nuts. AEW selling 80,000 seats to a uh, Mm -hmm. Wembley show, which is just bananas. But I do want to ask you guys real quick, um, because you mentioned, Duke, some of your favorite shows or topics or moments. I want to say, like, I liked shows where we would dip in to topics that I have to kind of research and learn about guys, like whether it was, you know, Mexico's greatest wrestlers. And I learned way more about Blue Demon and El Santo than I dug into before, you know, Um, things like that, or even revisiting the cruiserweights and going down the list of those guys in WCW and really digging in and remembering certain names that we hadn't talked about in a long time, like a, you know, Ciclope or whoever, Mm -hmm. um, just stuff like that where, and, and, and even for me, like it, it, it always goes back to Ernie Ladd because like, I never took a lot of time to watch him, but Mm -hmm. throughout, throughout these shows, he'll come on when we're watching random stuff. And I, and I'll just circle guys that I'm like, man, like, I didn't appreciate these guys before. So I, I guess I want to say like appreciating guys more now than I did back in the day by talking about sure. it with you guys has been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, even just, you know, the bash at the beach 94 last week, you know, um, because you watch the show and then Frank, did you notice that Jesse was only there for two matches? Yeah. Seemed so he got too. fired. Yeah, he got yeah, yeah. fired like a month later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it was because of Hogan, Hogan basically. Yeah. yeah. But it's just funny because you start to like, you watch something, you're like, oh, well, I wonder why this happened. And then you kind of mm-hmm. dig and then you'll get into these rabbit holes, you know. But yeah, we talk about it all the time, how as you get older, you appreciate guys more. Um, but for Frank, he still doesn't appreciate that boss man. So <laughs> no, yeah, it doesn't. We, or we Shawn do Michaels. Not, we try. We do not, uh, neither of us appreciate Bunkhouse Buck, Frank. Uh, where do you yeah. stand on bunkhouse or no, or if, buckhouse bunk as uh John buckhouse bunk but yeah <laughs> buckhouse bunk um no bunk like for, for a match where like i like all the dudes you know like a good amount you know and then there's bunkhouse buck kind of kind of was a bummer but you know i'm not gonna <laughs> who's a guy that. for each of you guys just give me one that like since we've started and we've you know we're a year through now who's one name maybe that like you're like damn like he's you know i kind of you know whatever appreciate you appreciate on him or oh. or you discovered him and like you mentioned ernie lad so is there another one maybe that like i'll give you i'll give you a match that comes to mind and frank okay. will probably agree but it was uh brian christopher and Dude, i'm not lying to you yeah. i have brian christopher's name like in my browser right now you know what i mean because yep. i was like brian christopher only because that one was such a glaring like look how good this dude is you know what i mean like a guy who we never gave the most respect to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like during his career and it was like why is this guy like so good he really carried that match with taka and obviously taka was great you know but like the heel work and all that the wwe flavor of it but still being able to go with taka yeah that's funny that you said that john boy because that's that was (laughs) one where i'm like i'll forever look at brian christopher a different way so that's a that's a fun part. And also, like you said, Duke, is piecing together time lapses in wrestling because as mm-hmm. a kid growing up and a teenager and adult, mm-hmm. you, you're you're like, oh yeah, like Warrior was there, but then he was gone. But what like you hear the stories, but when we watch these shows back, sometimes you actually piece together the the timeline of pro wrestling. Like I'm learning, I guess I'm learning a lot about the business mm-hmm. again. Oh, yeah. And like like 
and actually putting together the timeline in my head. And mm-hmm. I like to say I want to be, you know, not so much like a historian, but I, I want to fill in the gaps and seeing, especially like the old stuff, when we start to dig in more to like the Mid-South and territories that Frank and I really never dug into, that's going to be fun. I think that's what I'm looking forward to is just watching shit that I never saw yeah. with, you know, with I like that too. Eyes. That's like my favorite yeah. thing too. Because my favorite probably is reviewing the old pay-per-views given our grades and stuff. And it's just because I, I want to see a bunch of stuff that I know I really didn't watch. You know, if I had the event on before working at a comic book store or just hanging around, you know what I mean? Didn't really watch it and watch the matches, you know? And like, that's my favorite part going back and watching the old. I stuff. also think like the dynamics cool for that because we're like generations apart, you know, mm-hmm. that's why like, I was I was telling John like I was looking forward to what you had to say about Bash at the Beach because you were like six. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, like yeah. So it's cool because we have like um, you know, this generational divide. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see everybody's, you know, vision of it, I guess. Because I basically when we watch this old stuff, like I grew up on it. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. like sometimes I mean John usually have has seen it and you might have seen it retroactively but like mm-hmm. when you're watching something for the first time like i'm always interested to see what you guys think you know through a different lens i guess and one more thing that like discovered through rewatching is probably that king of the ring bret hart perfect match you know like i look at that match totally different now too you know what i mean crazy it's like man is this like yep. the best match they had you know or yep. whatever whatever yeah. your final thoughts are on it it really put that and you know that's a classic match for a lot of people already but for me, it was just like, man, this is a killer. It's a beaut. That's a cool thing is uh, it does, as you get older, your taste changes, but you see something like that and it just sort of changes the uh, the list in your mind. You know, you're like, yeah. wait, the Brett Perfect King of the Ring match might be up there with the SummerSlam match. Um, it's been fun to do certain shows where, uh, like you said, Duke, about the five-year difference between us, like five, five, and five, pretty much. And it's mm-hmm. cool. I, I remember Survivor Series 87, the one we reviewed, I was thinking Frank's just going to like bury this, bury that. <laughs> then he surprised me. He's like, oh, I actually love this whole match with uh, whoever, you know, and I think it was like the one with Honky Tonk Man or, you know, because you're so star studded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, that's another guy, Duke. You're on the cusp, right, of becoming a fan? Yeah, man. Who would have thought, you know, mm. like it's just – um. You know, his gimmick was so just distracting to me. You know, even as a kid, I was like, this is the corniest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But, like, you Mm -hmm. can't deny, I think, like, his heel work, you know? Like, he did get heat, you know? Like, that was heat. And uh, I don't know. So it's hard to, like, say the guy doesn't have a place, you know? My biggest thing about Honky Tonk, man, I said it before, is that he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. When, you know, you can name 10 guys easily, probably 20, that are better than him, you know, that held that. Well, longest reigning, yes. I don't know if that makes him the greatest. I mean, certainly the longest reigning. But he's in the the conversation, yeah. He's known known as the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. That's what they used to say about him. That's crazy. It well, is. Now, now Gunther is a month away, mm-hmm. right? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm about oh, a month away. He needs Stab it. He him needs in the it. chest. Dude, he needs to get that record. We so watched... we can finally have a cool person. You know, not you're 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 turning into a hockey fan. That's great. 
But like, <laughs> I that that title needs a cool guy. Atop, so wait, you know, want Gun- cool you dudes. want Gunther to be the longest reigning IC champ, and then what about in twenty years when like those fans are like, who was this generic nah, white nah, bread nah. guy it, that was? You just the proof will be in the pudding with Gunther. You know what I mean? Like everybody, people have thought that now until they see him. You know, and it's like Bahanki didn't even have that, unfortunately. Nah, uh, I want to also mention that we've watched a lot of historic moments unfold since we started this podcast. And like, once again, with the timing, it's almost like we sort of, I don't know. It's like, remember say Cody it, leaving a say it, say it. Uh, manifest. Say the there word, you go. Yeah. He didn't want to say it. Yeah, I'm he trying to eliminate it from my vocabulary, but <laughs> I, there's no other word I could use. We've manifested a lot of stuff, I feel like, but Cody leaving AEW was huge. Vince McMahon leaving. And we're like, wait, we got to do a podcast. Hold up. Like, we got to do a talk about Vince McMahon leaving WWE. And then only for him to come back. And just so many strange, bizarre CM Punk debuted. The CM Punk one was, that was crazy. Yeah, that was like very serendipitous. Right, because the timing of putting that episode out was, was very um fitting and it was also one of our most listened to podcasts for sure and and viewed but interacted with and uh the cm punk thing you know that's that's that conversation will go on and on and on because we are three guys that i think offer three different opinions on punk um i don't think so i think i think there's two of us that have the same opinion and then there's one that is uh one dissenting opinion doesn't like phil brooks and right right he uh I let that blinded. In. Yeah, he's blinded because let me tell you, I rarely interact with people online. Sometimes, brother, I'll tell you, like nine times out of ten, I'll write something and fucking delete it. Same. So <laughs> this week, all I said was people are gonna realize when Sam Punk is no longer here how great he was. And two, up. you know, little <laughs> fucking I don't know, uh Neck I don't know what I should call them, but I believe I sent you guys pictures of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they felt the need to, you know, chime in and because what did they say? Here's, I don't know, like something about the elite. I'm sure. <laughs> here's the thing, I didn't say anything about the elite, not a thing. I was complimenting Punk. Guys, imagine that complimenting somebody without putting down someone else. Isn't that insane? So they got all fucking butt hurt and they they felt the need to comment and I didn't because uh I looked at them yeah. and you know <laughs> enough said. Yep. So uh CM Punk is an all-time great, man. It it the yeah. proof is there and it will happen. This happens all the time, man. Like it happens in Philadelphia sports all the time. Let me tell you as a Flyers fan when Eric Lindros would get fucking booed off the ice he comes back to retire oh my god yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the greatest right. of all time remember alan iverson yeah they ran him out of town ran his ass out of town he comes back he's a national hero and the Dude, same donovan thing, mcnab still gets hate there you go there you, you know go. what i mean donovan they have it yeah they never they never changed the tune on donovan no but when he when when you know oh they're gonna show him love man this is what yeah. happens because people realize like it or not, we're not talking about football, but Donovan McNabb is still the greatest Eagles cornerback of all time. Yeah, he is. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Sam Punk is an all-time great, and it's undeniable. 
You cannot like what you want, man, but you can't deny facts. That no. guy's an all-time great. If you don't like him, cool. I don't like a lot of people. You can't deny him, though. He's not. He is a generational talent. Well, one thing that happened was during this podcast, in the last year, I got to be at Double or Nothing in 2022, Vegas, with my man Frank there. And uh, we sure. witnessed CM Punk. CM Punk. So Frank's, I guess, adult, you know, dream of uh, for pro wrestling wise came true. <laughs> so for, I know that was big. I know that was big for you, Frank. You made the TV. You you are the face in the in the crowd the minute after Punk, yeah. the second after Punk wins. Yeah, you know what's funny is uh, uh the buddy who I mentioned earlier, who's like now a big AEW fan. He's like somebody proposed the question like, send me one video. Um, an AEW video to like convince me I should start watching AEW or whatever. And so he was asking us. So my roommate sent like a compilation of AEW's best moments or some some kind of compilation. And there I was in the middle <laughs> when, Punk, when Punk wins the belt. And he's like, how many compilations is Frank on? I wonder. I'm like, I don't know. I'm in there losing my mind for Punk that winning. Pales in that pales in comparison to the Ring of Honor uh, <laughs> tag team title change no, that we were for present sure. for. For sure. I I'm also, I'm desperate for Tony to get a, a library a on demand library of all the stuff because I want to find that match and see if you can see us hanging in the background. It's interesting because um I don't know about Ring of Honor but they just filed a trademark. Did you guys see this? Yeah, I did for mm. AEW Plus or something. Yeah, so it exactly. seems like they might be going that way. Like, also, remember go. that Ring of Honor show when we were front row and we're just like we're just jamming out to around. <laughs> yeah, remember we're like rocking out to somebody's mm -hmm. music or something. Yeah, that we're was just funny. there. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find yeah. all that Ring of Honor footage of us in attendance because I was in the front row a few times or around the bow. I have a lot of I mean? the DVDs. So, I'm sure yeah. if I went through them. Yeah. Yeah, there were so many. Um, I feel like with the CM Punk thing, there were so many highs and lows or ups and downs. We had the media scrum, you know, where that the obviously it turned into big news with the elite and and just the the, the brawl out. I guess they ended up labeling it, yeah. which were still. Um, sort of wondering if if they'll work together on screen but yeah i just feel like during the the time we've been recording this there hasn't been in my head over the last five to ten years a more interesting time in wrestling so like once again the mm -hmm, time has sure. been great for us i think dude just in terms of like monumental moments to like vince mcmahon stepped down even mm -hmm. if it was only temporary that was like such an earth shattering you yeah. know moment for like pro wrestling you know so it was just like whoa it felt like things are changing and then the company gets sold and then you thought it was going to go to the saudis you know what i mean and then aw's <laughs> doing their own thing and they're getting another <laughs> show and then they're doing a wembley it was just like the year that we had there was like mm -hmm. stuff went down wwe is doing crazy numbers right now aw's killing it they're doing they're getting mm -hmm. more dv it's just like the business is booming in a way, it's not the like late nineties, not attitude era, but for the last twenty years, it hasn't been nearly as strong, you know. So it's it's good. Uh, yeah, I, think, it. I like, think at times, was, like, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to just say real quick, like digitally, because it's a different time than the late nineties. But I think uh, the way things are sort of like monitored now and measured, yeah, like the the business may be bigger in a weird yeah, way. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I I don't agree with that. Because, like, I lived through that, and that shit was crazy. Like, the amount of T-shirts you saw with, like, 
people walking around and stuff. It might be sure, like bigger as far as like because people Money. can watch it all the time yeah, and yeah. stuff. But um, yeah, the exposure. I just yeah, like the '90s, like the Attitude Era time. That was insane, dude. The amount of like wrestling search you saw all the time and there were like you know the little kiosks that opened selling wrestling merchandise yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and now like you'll see wrestling shirts you know which is oh, something yeah. and like I, I i think of the day of wrestlemania and like i had people at the shop there were probably like i don't know 20 people there or something and like there was like this thing like wrestlemania mm -hmm. was you can feel it you know and, yeah and like um there hasn't been that I feel like in a while. WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, there's always some excitement, but like yeah. people were like, "Oh man, Cody, he's gonna do it," and like, "Nah, man, Roman's gonna take it." You know, like just there was that like I don't know, there was that energy there, which I think has been yeah. missing. And like you said, like it's been funny because like we've talked about so much stuff that's kind of been relevant and it's after the fact it's not like we're just talking yeah. after we see something like we did this punk episode and then that whole thing mm. happens you know mm -hmm. with with um the brawl out or whatever but it, it's interesting how it worked out yeah and i think i can always say uh if someone says what's your favorite year in wrestling i'll always be like oh i like 92 is usually what mm -hmm. i go to or maybe like maybe 93 or maybe 99 triple h's or whatever but like now i can actually remember like 2022 is one of my favorite years in wrestling because we got to talk mm. about stuff like i'll remember it you know what i mean because if you say yeah. oh uh what did you love about wrestling in 2016 yeah. i'll be like uh, let me sure. google because i don't know shit but i'm gonna yeah. remember 2022 sure you know yeah we've had some weird years for sure like um you know the the when the roster was like Chris Masters and Kennedy and downtime and yeah, just like some weird times, you know, between um the attitude hour and like ruthless aggression. And then there were like the weird years and it's mm -hmm. just, yeah. So it, I think definitely um this has gotten me back into wrestling. Like, cause I'll be honest, I like probably 25% of current wrestling, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like there's, there's stuff I like. There's stuff that I think could be tweaked that I could like. But um, yeah. like a lot of times it's just the same match over and yeah. over and over. It's guys forearming back and forth. You know, it's super kicks back and forth. And it's just just do something different. And by the way, it's not even the old guy in me because like I like Orange Cassidy. Yeah, right. No old ass miserable wrestling fan likes Orange Cassidy. I do. I like right. the elite. I like Kenny Omega. I like Hangman. You know, it's just, I just want some storylines and some stuff that means something, I guess. You know, I want to be invested in stuff rather than just watch two guys super kick each other and forearm each other and the crowd goes, boo, yay, boo, yay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some depth. I think that's not too much to ask. Frank, you. And I were at the Ring of Honor show during WrestleMania weekend out in LA. And um just like that brand of wrestling, it still it still uh, has its base. Like I think Yeah. You know, and I want to ask you what you want to see going forward for, you know, both companies, because you you've dipped your toe back into WWE, obviously, because of the podcast and because of some of the buzz. But um do you think you'll be able to kind of maintain your fandom the way it's 
it's going now or, or is there something missing for you too? You know, I do feel my fandom is pretty strong right now. Like I said, I'm taking in a lot of the product, especially AEW recently. Um, I've, I've, I'm liking, I like more of what AEW does than what, what I don't like, you know? So like, I'm okay. still all in on their shows. Like I watch Dynamite pretty religiously. Collision, I'm trying my best. You know, it's Saturday night, so it's tricky. But, mm -hmm. you know, I've I've watched every episode. You know, Rampage, I will say, I've kind of moved on from. You know, that's another one, though. It's a brutal time, Friday night. It's tricky. Mm. So if I have to worry about wrestling Friday night, Saturday night, I'm choosing Saturday night. But, like, WWE, my, my issues with WWE, I think, aren't going away anytime soon, unfortunately. You know, and there was that, like, glimmer of hope when Triple H took over and we're like, maybe this is it. Maybe we'll finally see. But it felt the same to me, you know? Like, there was emphasis on certain things that I liked. The title seemed a little more important. We're getting mm -hmm. these longer reigns, you know, which mm -hmm. is more important. Some people, you're seeing wrestling fans get annoying about it because Gunther's having it too long or Roman has it has had it forever. And I understand, but it's just, you gotta, you gotta uh, fix your mind up because that's what wrestling used to be. You know what I mean? Before it mm -hmm. became, we just passed this toy around, you know, every month or whatever. So... I'm okay with that. I do like that aspect of the game, but the production over there, I I heard, I was listening to something today, as a matter of fact, the wrestling show, and they were talking about how the production is brilliant over there at WWE. And like, I just disagree, but I guess that's, it's whatever you're into visually, you know what I mean? Because I put, I, I put that show on, it's like, I can't look at it. Everything just seems mm -hmm. phony to me. You know, I like a, a less is more approach when it comes to wrestling, because mm -hmm. I care most about the wrestling, you know what I mean? And, and you know, and they don't. So that's, Whatever. It's like, I don't know that I'm going to be this big fan of any of the WWE product anytime soon. You know, obviously putting the belt on guys I like and putting them in interesting stories <clears throat> sounds great. But how often do they do that? Like consistently, you guys are still out there praying for a Cody Rhodes win that it's not coming. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, I'm just not going to get my hopes up. So I don't know with WWE, AW. I mean, listen, everybody can make mistakes and all. And like, I will say like, last month of dynamite i've haven't been as into as collision you know what i mean like collision seems like the a show as far as i'm concerned but i'm still tuning in dynamite i still like guys that are more featured more on dynamite you know um so it's not like they're i'm out on them so i'm just, I'm just curious to see where it goes i think AEW's future looks bright like we don't know what's going to happen at wembley we don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year it's exciting to see where they go they're already going to get a streaming service I think they're gonna they're gonna carry my fandom, I guess, for the foreseeable future. But like I'm always listen, I'm always hopeful that W figure something out. You know what I mean? The same way they were struggling in 95, 96, and all of a sudden they hit gold, you know what I mean, for five or six years. I'm praying that they get a boom like that. Listen, for them, they're doing great. You know, yes, they hear exactly. they hear what I they hear what I'm saying. They're like, Yeah, we're not changing a thing. So that's where I'm coming from. But um, you know, there's always that hope that you know, as a fan who's dipped in and dipped out over the years for different reasons, you know, usually just falling out of love with their show and then trying to give them another chance. I'm just hopeful that one day I tune in and I'm they have me again. Or maybe somebody just becomes um, you know, like un like unmissable, you know what I mean? Must see TV for them. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, I don't feel like that anywhere in their program. So, you know, but that's just me. I was gonna say, um, you know, we're fans and a lot of wrestling fans fantasy book you know the owner of AEW the creator of of the company is literally a self-admitted fan like he 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 was fantasy booking when he was younger and mm -hmm. like like we like we would do and 
when I watch wrestling and when I watch WWE or AEW, but usually AEW because AEW is on the brink of always having me like just I do like the show. Like I, I do. I love the company. I'm so glad it exists. But then as a fan, you, your wheels start spinning. You're like, why are they doing this? Like, why didn't they do that? And you just can't help yourself because that's what I guess wrestling fans do. I mean, sports fans, everybody does it right. You always want to add your own two cents. But one thing I've noticed about AEW is like the momentum seems to be steady. I just um, always think bigger picture, like where where are they going to be in a few years? And we, we once again, the manifestation we talked about, <laughs> oh, like they arena show. Try, yeah, they should just try. Try to do a stadium show. Try to yep. pack in 80,000, 100,000. This is the time. I strike wine the iron's hot. And they're doing that. But I don't know about the <clears throat> delivery of the card yet. We're going to see how it unfolds. But one thing I noticed is like Frank and I, we, we haven't gotten in a good debate in a while, but I want to ask you, um, cause you, we always talk about Vince McMahon, like took guys from territories, slapped a different gimmick on them. They became stars. And I'm wondering with Tony Khan and with AEW, like what's going to happen when certain guys sort of run out and get older? Cause they're getting older. Like, do you think that he can make new stars? Because technically Darby Allen was doing this shtick before that orange Cassidy before like has Tony Khan, He's got a lot of money, but is he really creative is my question. Like, what has he really created? Or is he just letting the guys do their thing? Like, let them do their thing. Yeah, well, I think if you look at Tony Khan's wrestling fandom, right, like his, a lot like mine, right, like his, probably his favorite years are during that period, right, the, the ECW days of the inmates running the asylum, the attitude era when Vince looks at these guys and gives them a little more freedom to just be themselves you know what i mean and and i think he comes from that logic of like booking you know what i mean where like the best versions of these characters that you're going to get are the ones that they're most comfortable portraying you know and like letting them put a little bit of their flavor in instead of it being like such a writing team the way wwe has booked it for the last thing you know however long they've done that you know where it's a whole team and very produced everything duke always says you need a little producing sometimes in these segments which yeah. i get but um, but I think what Tony Khan is doing is letting these young guys develop the way that they'd want to, which is kind of like unheard of in the pro wrestling industry. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You kind of got to do what the booker or the promoter is telling you to do. You know what I mean? Whether it's going to get over or not. Sometimes you're given a bunch of crap, you know, and then you got to get it over or you're out, you know, and it's like, that's tough. Where in AEW, I think they, he has this crew of young talent, letting them be them to a certain extent, you know, and just putting his little pieces of uh shine on the stuff and like like in a good example was ftr ftr were already the best tag team in the world right when they signed with them you know they were already super respected but tony khan picked out this music for them picked out an intro for them you know what i mean and this is what dax and them have talked about how they weren't sold on it and it took ftr from being you needed people like me to convince you that they were the best tag team in the world you know just from like because they didn't they weren't flashy you know what i mean they're just two regular looking dudes but then the music and the whole package, the presentation, all of a sudden now FTR, they're getting cheered everywhere, except this past week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Against <laughs> against the new favorite tag team in the world, MJF and Adam Cole. But I think Tony Khan has a, a very smart approach. and a Less is more in terms of being hands-on. But I think he knows when to be hands-on in, in the right moments, you know, and like pick his spots for guys. And I think it's, I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding. Are, is, are, is he going to ever develop a star like, 
you know, Hogan became or The Rock and Austin became, right? Only time would tell. But Vince also kind of fell into those guys who were mega stars as well, because Hogan was already obviously going to be a top guy. Vince put. A I'm talking more about like shot. the the Mister Perfect, like the Kurt Hennig, the Perfect, sure. the Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, sure. Jake Roberts. But I think snake. they're set up. Let's say guys stay in the company, which is going to be another thing that we're going to see as the years go on, who leaves and who doesn't. But you know, MGF, like the Pillars, for example, those guys are mm-hmm. good for years, top flight. Like those guys are developed, and they, they, you know, they have this young roster of guys. We don't even know some of these guys are kids. You know, barely twenty years old. Some not even twenty five. A lot of these youngsters, you know, who are going to develop, and we'll see. You know what I mean? Like, and we're going to look back in five years. You know, Mister Perfect was already one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know what I mean? Like in the, doing the stuff he was doing in AEW at that time. You know, Vince just. Gave him this interesting character and the the nice. Vignette. That's what I'm saying. Like giving them, in. giving them characters. Like you know, just even like Eric Bischoff gets a lot of heat and whatnot. And I won't give him all the credit, but WCW they created a guy like Sting from zero. They created Goldberg. They created Harlem Heat. They made household names out of Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, and it's but like it took a AW, while too, right? Like Harlem it... Heat. Harlem Heat wasn't a household name right away, right? Sting. It took a bit of a rub. You know what I mean? Once once he was having those flare matches and all that to really put him at that next level. All this stuff like it works out over time, you know. And it's sort of like AW's been in existence for four years. They they bought in a bunch of experienced talent. You know what I mean? So like those guys are going to age themselves out eventually. And I think they've set themselves up for the future really good. We'll see. You know what I mean? We'll see what those guys develop into for real. But yeah. you never know. Yeah, I was just curious. Duke, I mm-hmm. want to ask you what, what you see uh, as a fan. Do you feel like you're going to be kind of able to keep this in- interest as long? You know, obviously we're doing the podcast. But, like, you don't find it hard to watch current stuff now more than you did three years ago, right? Like, I'm sure it's easier now to watch the stuff like – no, I mean, AEW is definitely easier to watch for me. Um, WWE's unwatchable. Like, hmm. I can't tell you. I mean, I'll watch, like, their premium live events, usually because we're going to cover them and talk about them. But, like, overall, I can't tell you the last, like, first of all, it's too long, but we won't <laughs> get into that. But I can't tell you last time I watched the full Brawl or SmackDown. I cannot tell you. And, like, people might say, like, oh, well, how do you know you even like it then? You know, mm-hmm. it's because I put it on for five minutes and want to blow my fucking brains out. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I know, Um, you know, between just the brutal, like you guys mentioned, the pro- the production, like, sure, it's it's a well-produced show, but it's it's so like phony and it's like everything looks plastic mm-hmm. and it's just very it's. I like production, but yeah, it's just so overproduced. Anybody Mm -hmm. that speaks has a script given to them. It's just so unnatural to me. And like, it's phony and I don't like phony. Like if you give me phony, I'm not going to be into it. So like AEW, like there's at least stuff that I enjoy about that. I've enjoyed Collision a lot. I feel like it's a different show. Like. I would be shocked if CM Punk didn't have something to do with the creative process on that show because like mm. it feels different, you know, and uh, AEW, like you guys talk about the future and stuff like I don't know about the future. Um, Those pillars, though, that they keep talking about. I don't know that I'm going to be talking about like Sammy Guevara in five years or yeah. Jack Perry, who has proven 
that dude should have stuck with Jungle Boy or something because that's been brutal. Um, Darby's cool, but like he weighs 98 pounds and like he's gonna get hurt, man. Like I like Darby, but like Mick Foley could do the stuff that he did because he was 275 pounds, you know, and I just worry about Darby and I'm not downing him. I like Darby a lot, but like I think he's just gonna get hurt. I don't know about the longevity of these like pillars, you know. So I do agree they're they're doing well with like um, he left out MJF, you know, their uh, boy. He's already a made man, buddy. Talk to anybody <laughs> on the street, he's the greatest of all time. So I don't even need need to get into him. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of dead weight there too, and I think that Tony Khan. I've said this before. I think he just, I don't know, man. You got to be a boss. You have to be a boss, and I hope that he has surrounded himself with guys that will not say yeah tony you're right buddy because you know we know that's happened with vince um you know guys that will challenge him be like dude that's that's not right like you shouldn't do that you know um it's worrisome when wrestlers are involved in the creative process too but uh i don't know we'll see i'm i'm all about it obviously like that it's good for wrestling aw is good for wrestling it's good for the wrestlers like when when these guys get future endeavored, you know, or whatever, if they get hurt and fired or what have you, um, they have, you know, another place to go now, which is awesome. And I'm obviously cheering for him. By the way, we're cheering for WWE too. It's oh, just yeah. that like Frank, you mentioned they're doing just fine. It's yeah. a business and why change? It's perfect. Exactly. It makes money. That's all they want. My frustration lies in, when you can do, you've proven you can do a good storyline. This bloodline thing has been awesome. I think it's run its course, but I mean, there has been very good story stuff with this bloodline stuff. And like, it's because they pay attention to it. If you paid attention to the other people on your roster, I just feel like Mm -hmm. you could create that, you know, get me involved, man. Give me a reason to watch besides a guy doing a moonsault. I've seen it, man. I've seen it. Well, we um, do have SummerSlam 2023 coming up. And speaking I want to mention Moonsaults. Speaking of Moonsaults, speaking of WWE. But uh, on the way out on that conversation, real quick, that was a side sidetrack. But Vince McMahon, like, I'm going to sit here and crown him and give him creative, um, <laughs> you know, glory because of what he did for Ted DiBiase. But I, I think what you said, Duke, is also true. Like, he had Pat Patterson, who is so responsible for a lot of things. And, yeah, maybe a lot of guys helping him though. Yeah, I'm just pointing Pat Patterson yeah. out because he's he's the obvious one. But um, you know, we talked about Frank and I did through text, like maybe Brian Danielson shifting into more of a like I guess uh right hand man role, which would be mm-hmm. I think would be even though I know he's a tr- like a, a wrestler through and through, like a mat wrestler, but I think he also understands the business. He had the WWE side, and I, I think I think he low-key appreciates what it takes to make a company bigger, not just, you know, doing moves and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. I know Frank was uh, keen on that idea. Maybe. I mean, they have so many veterans there. They have Arn, you know, uh, they have Jake, they have Mm -hmm. Jerry Lynn there who doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I know Malenko's working with of wrestling Malenko. Malenko. Yeah. Like there's plenty of guys there. I just hope that they're, challenging him instead right. of being like you're right boss let's let's do the the um the ladder match you know that we've seen 
fucking yeah, 14 yeah, yeah. times this year. You know what I mean? Like, just try to do something different. And bad versus good never goes out of style, man. Yeah. Frank, um, we're going to talk more about AEW, obviously, as the weeks go on. We're coming up to All In Wembley. We want to see how that show shakes out. I want to talk about WWE now, though, if you don't mind. We got 2023, SummerSlam 2023. You're out of here, Duke. He doesn't care. Look at him. He's taking this. You're still on the clock, pal. We're still alive. <laughs> you you ain't clocked out yet. That's shit. <laughs> now, listen, this show, the way they built this thing, I have to give them at least a little bit of credit because if you look and stare down some of the matches, they've put time in. They put effort in if you want to call it that for 2023's version, because the bloodline thing we talked about it, bro. It's been, maybe it's run its course for some people. This has now shifted into Roman versus Jey Uso recognition of the tribal chief on the line, the undisputed WWE universal championship on the line. Um, But it's like, are we, the outsiders here now because the fans are all about main event jay yeah we're we're sitting here wondering i mean look it's a is it any different than brett taking on owen hart in SummerSlam 94 when owen wasn't super established mm -hmm. yes i it just wanted different. to know it's i just wanted to know <laughs> For some fans, it might not be, which is crazy, though. Yeah, no, well, no, listen, know? I hear you. Yeah, well, go ahead, John Boy. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I no, because like, I, for some fans, you're right. Like, it is, it's, it's, it's significantly bigger than Owen Brett mm -hmm. for some of these fans. You know, um, it's the greatest wrestling story of all time. A lot of these people are saying, mm -hmm. yeah, and like that last match too, where I was kind of like, all right, you guys jumped the shark, super in the minority. You know what I mean? Like everybody loved it. People were calling it like. Even Dave almost gave it five stars. You know what I mean? Like everybody loved it. I'm just over it, dude. Like I'm just, I'm just. I congrats. Like we've been begging for like long term storytelling, or some fans have been begging for WWE to have some long term story. Now it's like they're never gonna end the story. It's like ever. It's like they 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 take everything and run it into the ground. Everything you want, they run it into the ground. Um, I'm just over main event J um and Roman. <laughs> I was only in it for Roman to main beat Cody. J. You know, yes. uh, I got that yeah. wish, and now it's like I could care less what happens to the, to the guy. You know, like he's he's breaking all the records. It's cool, I guess. It's do you appreciate the um the story like overall though, or do you think this was a sidetrack that didn't need to be done? I could appreciate the bloodline story in its totality. I just wish it would have moved along a little quicker. Like I feel like WrestleMania should have been the end. You know what I mean, and not going into SummerSlam and then right, beyond. Right. You know what I mean, like. It, I, I was good with your pacing, even any kind of sort of sidetracks that you went. If you look at Sammy's run, that kind of came out of nowhere and turned into something else. And, you know, now they're going right back to Jay, like it's seemingly like they originally wanted. I get it all, but like if they could have just moved it along quicker and it not feel like you're holding up the show so much that you create a, you know, a secondary belt, you know, just to have a fighting champion, you know, like maybe you could have fixed that up in a, in a way that was smoother, but, uh, I do give him credit. It was a good story and people love it. What can I say? And, you know, asses are in seats every <laughs> yeah. show. You know what I mean? And I think it's because of this, you know, like people, there's a lot of factors people say into it, but I ultimately think it's Roman and this bloodline story. I do think is carrying that company, you know? So, um, 
you know, what do we How know? about that? Who, yeah, what do we know? And I think it's important to point out that Roman Reigns being on top, like during this time, this boom, I've heard, um, I think it was Undertaker say that this is the most financially successful time in WWE's history and Roman's on top. So as he looks at it, this guy deserves a lot of credit. Um, and that's true, but uh, the product does sell still. The big WWE logo sells. The Cody Rhodes-Brock Lesnar feud has gotten a lot of time put into it. And Duke, I'll let you talk about that bloodline thing, but I just wanted to set the stage here because we got the Cody and Brock Lesnar match. They've done a you know decent job kind of staying the course with these two guys. I like the time they put in. If you really think about it, Drew McIntyre has kind of been had his eyes on Gunther for a while. They they mm-hmm. they fought at WrestleMania in a three-way and they've they've sort of like crossed paths over the last six months. So this is also you could say a culmination of a feud. And then you get into things, you know, like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor and there's some women's matches in there we'll talk about maybe. But um you know there you look at the card and, and I'm gonna just go on a limb and tell you right now. I bet you when we talk about this show, I, I think I think it's gonna be a good show like the day of, like, I think they'll deliver a good show. It's just, maybe you're right, Frank, like the bloodline thing is uh, kind of like suck the life out of us as far as, yeah. <laughs> you know, like our, our, our interest personally, but Duke, what do you think? Yeah. Like, are you, are you looking forward to anything specifically on the show? I think it'll be fun. I do like looking at the card. Um, I say this all the time. It's all about your mindset going in. I'm going to get some good food. I'm going to just take it for what it is. You know, like there's a battle royal. That's cool. Those are always fun. Hopefully my man LA Knight takes that. I know you guys love him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's the Intercontinental title. I love um, Gunther and Drew. So that's cool. I'm actually looking forward to Ricochet and Logan Paul because I think <laughs> I, I am. I'm being dead ass serious right now. I just You're love it. I want to stop the think, presses. I, because you... let me tell you why, brother. I talked to you last week about Bash at the Beach 94, and everybody has a place. Mm-hmm. And Logan Paul's place is the third match against a mid-card dude doing aerial bullshit. I think that could be fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I said yeah, it from you. the gate when they jumped across from each other. I said, that's who Logan Paul should be fighting. You did. Roll the tape. They heard you. Well, yeah, look, we um, manifest things. Here. Once again, yeah. Uh, the Roman J thing, it'll have good energy. You know, you, if a crowd's yeah. into it, you know, the last two shows that we've covered, the crowds have been amazing and like it's improved the show. So I think that'll be cool. Um, Rollins and Balor will, you know, they're good athletes. I think they could have a good match, you know, um, again, no intrigue there, but like it's yeah. at least entertaining enough, you know, and, you know, Cody and Brock, they've done a great job building, you know, the angle. I give them credit. Cody's been wearing the cast, you know, even when he's doing interviews, props to him for that. I don't give a shit because it's just, it's, it's going to take a lot for me to ever care about Brock Lesnar, man. Right. Honestly, like it's, it's a shame because I do like Brock or I did it one time. It's just, I don't know what he could do that I would be into, but you got to give him credit. You know, they have tried like every week they're doing something together or at least talking about it, you know? So I think overall the show has a chance to be fun at the very least be mildly entertaining. And that's all I want. You know, I don't think we're going to get any classic matches when you look at the, you know, you look at the card, you're going to be like, man, 
when we talk about SummerSlam's greatest moments, we're going to bring up this Seth freaking Hunter and Drew. match right here. Yeah, Hunter and Drew so. could steal the show. I see yeah, title. I think it will be good, but I mean, to go down as an all-time great, they're going to have to do a lot. No, but, I'm with you on the, the Brock thing. Um, I do give them a lot of credit. It's just it's the Brock Lesnar, one of the greatest of all time, by the way, without a doubt, Brock Lesnar. Uh, his resume sick, but I, you know, it's going to take a lot for me also to be um, like sort of captivated by a Brock Lesnar thing. The Cody Rhodes, the problem with Cody for me is my my the deflation after WrestleMania, and that's the issue with the bloodline is like Cody losing and my you know me feeling that pain and having to watch this storyline continue with the bloodline and only to turn back into a Jey Uso thing. I think the problem with me in the bloodline is like I don't really. I like Roman, but I'll never put him in my top 25, my probably not even 50 favorites list, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, other than him, though, that the the stable of the bloodline, the faction, it's like, if this was the Hart Foundation in 1997 and we're watching them implode as a family, of course, I'm like on the edge of my seat. I guess I just don't care about the the people involved for the most part. And maybe that's why us three aren't as into it as some people who... No. They got the one finger up, and the Usos to them are their heart foundation. Yeah. Real quick, though, it's once again, it's the karaoke thing. They get to do something, mm-hmm. right? Like totally. they get to say, Whoa, oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. it's WWE is karaoke now. Like everybody, mm-hmm. if they can get involved somehow by putting a sign up or mm-hmm. singing a song, you know. Jericho ruined it for everybody because <laughs> yeah. you know it started with him and now they're singing everybody's songs and everybody wants to be a part of the show you know and it's like interactive it's interaction. yeah and it it's a shame is that a, is that to... being over though right that's where we got confused because is it is, is it is, is that it? being over if someone's singing your song I guess no no I, I don't, don't think it I don't, is I think it's I don't a, think so either because I pop I think it's a fun little exactly entrance every time i thought of you i thought of you today frank when i was thinking about this i was like i remember you know we were talking about when adam cole came back i was excited to see him i was glad for him you know but frank was like yeah i popped because i like his entrance you know like that's but that's it right thing Mm -hmm. frank yeah yeah that's for sure that's it yeah so like you know i'm sure there's people like that singing rollins song or whatever and they hate his guts most of the time you know what i mean Mm. it's just it's fun to be a part of the show you hear yep. it. We always know that guy when we go to the show who gets yep. a chuckle. He says something, gets a chuckle, then he doesn't shut the fuck up the rest of the show because he thinks oh, he's yeah. like the funny guy in the crowd, right? And it's like, I feel like I'm always, always seeing that person, you know? And it's just like, people want to take part, you know? And it's like, it's, yep. and when you give them a reason, they're in, you know? And, you know, here we go. We have all this catchy entrance music. <laughs> I like, saw Kevin also- Dunn. I saw a thing somebody <clears throat> said Kevin Dunn is adamant that the crowd start they they want to implement more of the crowd singing the themes and being interact mm. and being interactive because Great. that's his that's believes that's what he portrays as a connection to the wrestler and it's just different man the business has changed we're we're all different ages here but like we've watched the business in its highest form and we got to see it go down and then up again and so we got a little bit uh, interesting perspective more so than like newer fans who don't really know but i want to ask frank real quick Rick Flair said this week that Logan Paul is better than 70% of the WWE roster. <laughs> well, what do you think? That, that's probably accurate. You know what I mean? Because 70% <laughs> of them never had a match before they signed with NXT or whatever, you know? So 
who knows? He's an athletic guy. I get it. He's he seems more naturally gifted. That like we can say this right. Like when you watch like the new NXT recruit class or whatever, and you see their like yeah. first mat. Logan Paul's ahead of those people, right? Mm-hmm. Like at least where that went starting out. Um, and there's plenty of guys up there on that main roster that just aren't good enough to be there, you know? So like when Ric Flair said, we we joke about Flair crowning everybody the greatest of all time or whatever all the time, but he's probably not wrong because Logan is a talented dude. You know what I mean? Like he has this, he's naturally athletic, Um, you know, and he seems to get, he gets pro wrestling better than I thought he'd get it, you know, because that's usually the issue. Even when guys are capable of doing what you require them, like do they get what's happening in there? And I think Logan gets it actually, if I'm going to give him credit, but, I can never watch his him wrestle again, and I'd be too soon. To be honest. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, but I like you know what it is about him. He's just such a douchebag. You mm-hmm. know, like he's he comes down and like let's go. It's like he's that guy, and like is that a heel I, though nowadays for no, you? Like he's a fuck. You... That's Logan Paul with a camera in his hand. That's all that is, dude. He's not trying to get heat. It's hate, he's, not heat. Because he's, bro, he's coming out slapping people's hands. How's mm. that trying to get heat? He's yeah. a douchebag. In real life, he's a douchebag. Yeah, and, like, those. I don't like douchebags. So, obviously, like you said, Frank, I could never see his ass again. I would be, yeah. by the way, I'm surprised because he's a, you know, a countryman of yours. I know, right? yeah, Puerto Rican <laughs> native. Yeah. Um, you always yeah, bring that super, up. He's such a fucking dork, dude. But like you can't oh. deny his athleticism. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sh- is that, is that, a, is that he's not a dork? Yeah. No, I was, I was just gonna say shout. You have a I was gonna say, I was gonna say shout out to my five year old nephew who loves the oh, show. Sorry. And, uh... John Boy's <laughs> gonna, John Boy's beep. gonna beep that out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No, I don't think he I try, man. Logan but Paul. you know, it's tough. Logan Paul gets they, your, uh Well, he's a blood bowling. He's a nerd. I want to say. Um, as uh, this SummerSlam approaches, like we've seen all of them for sure. We can both, we could all three of us honestly say we've seen every SummerSlam, right? I mean, yeah. at least once. Um, this stacks up on paper better than some of the more recent ones for sure. But I do want to ask you guys some of your more just off the top, off the cuff, because we didn't really get to spend a lot of time on SummerSlam and, and its lineage, its history. It is, like you guys said earlier in the show, it's the second biggest event. They still hold true to that. I yeah. mean, Frank, this thing is going to be in Detroit at Ford Field, which yeah. is insane. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to pack in 50,000, 60,000 people easy. Um, so going back in history, SummerSlam, do you have any personal, like, memories or – favorite times even if it's just like uh an obscure match or just something you like to go back and check mm-hmm. out no i mean obviously there's classic matches right like uh brett and you know bulldog you know what i mean it's like doesn't get better but like for me personally like when i was watching actively watching the the summer slam that i remember a lot for whatever reason it was a pretty good summer slam if i recall correctly was the Brock Rock SummerSlam. You guys remember that? Good one. And, like, I remember that so much because it was, was like, crowning Brock. It was the crowd turning on Rocky, which was, like, one of those things. It was one of those matches that I do give Rock a lot of credit for adapting to the crowd, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, on the fly, because they, you know, they made Brock a babyface that night, at least. But also, specifically, 
I remember watching with my cousins at my Uncle Tony's house that um, SummerSlam, and the first match was Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle. And it's one of my favorite Kurt and Jerker matches of all time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, and it opened Wrestle, I mean, opened SummerSlam. So that one always, I always end up going back. And I think that's probably a personal favorite, which is random because it's a little more modern. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I do always go back to that SummerSlam and watch it. So I'll be doing that probably this week. You picked what I think if we did the list when we do, I'm sure we will, but you picked what I believe is one of the top five SummerSlams ever. And wow. so I, and it's really not that modern if you think it's 21 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, I know 20 years, right? It's a crazy thing, but. But no, dude, top to bottom, if you look at that SummerSlam 2002 card, you're talking about mm-hmm. Angle and, and Ray Ray. Then you got Flair and Jericho, yeah, Edge yeah. and Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. um, you know, RVD and Benoit, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, Brock Michael, Lesnar and yeah. The Rock. It's crazy. And uh, yeah. that's funny because it segues into one of my favorite moments is the Shawn Michaels, Triple H unsanctioned street fight. Just because I remember being at Duke's house and Shawn Michaels, Frank, you might not realize, but like when Shawn Michaels <laughs> retired with the Well, I was going to say, you might not realize I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan, but when he retired um, the first time with the back injury, like the feeling was he's never coming back. And that's like, you didn't have the internet to have the rumors or anything like that. So when he showed up and he announced he's going to come back to fight Triple H, I, I popped so hard at Dukes. And I, it was like, a, you know, the last probably like childhood excitement I had in uh, wrestling until Cody Rhodes. Now you've had other stuff. You yeah, definitely man. have had other stuff since then. After 2002, it's, it was hard, man. I went through some tough years there. I had to like sit there and watch uh, John Cena dominate the company for 15 years but um dude what do you think SummerSlam, some of the you know moments to stand out for you or matches or anything memories watching back in the day um i mean obviously i'm a big uh mr perfect guy so mm. one of my all-time favorites him and uh the tornado texas tornado carry von eric that's a that's a one that I loved, um, Brett and Perfect, obviously, mm-hmm. at the SummerSlam. Um, Brett and Owen, um, Triple H and Sean for sure. That match is, I think, one of the best matches ever, which is crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. except Sean, you know, wearing the jeans because <laughs> it's a street fight, though. You know, guys and, gotta wear at, jeans, yeah. In the street and fight. you know what? It was better than the brown tights that he wore, yeah, too, after tights, that, yeah. but um. I do remember John's excitement for that. And like, I'll tell you another thing I remember is WrestleMania 14, because I was talking to you then, John Boy. I don't know if you remember. Mm -hmm. Um, It was probably when we first met or so, but I was like, yeah, man, Austin's going to take him. Like, yeah, I don't want him to like, (laughs) because to you, like, to you, that was the end. You know, if he Mm -hmm. lost, he was going to leave and never come back. And, uh, and he, and he, did he was gone for years so like when he came back that was crazy and even i like who wasn't a big Shawn michaels fan at that time was excited it was almost like um when edge came back to the rumble Mm -hmm. i lost my damn mind i lost my whole (laughs) ass mind when he came back and i was like i want him to win i think i was texting my friend tone because he texted me and i was like dude i am i want him to win the royal rumble like for sure so Mm -hmm. um when you have that like excitement, it's always cool. Um, I think um, was it Brian and Cena right at SummerSlam when Brian uh, sure was. I think mm-hmm. that was cool. I think of like um, 
even like the mega bucks and mega powers like mm-hmm. you know just some big some big yeah. matches it wasn't great you mentioned but like you mentioned SummerSlam 91 and i i have to say that like that's the first pay-per-view i ever saw i mentioned it a lot of oh, times on the show yeah. so so seeing the vhs i didn't see the pay-per-view live but seeing the vhs mm-hmm. and um so that holds a near and dear place in my heart i can recite that whole card top to bottom but oh. um SummerSlam 91 near and dear to my heart also frank more in your wheelhouse but um i want to like the build to the highway to hell SummerSlam Dude, 98 Dude i was going to mention that it was, it was awesome. that build was incredible awesome. frank you remember the, the, the build it at the highway to hell yeah 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 <clears throat> taker and austin it did you know the match isn't on a lot of people's top no, tens it's not, or anything. yeah exactly it's not a classic but it's mostly just cool because austin was knocked out yeah, <laughs> yeah. wasn't austin knocked out triple h and match? triple h and rocky in that um that was a ladder feud match, as well right? yeah exactly was that a ladder match yeah yeah, yeah. That's what you I'm know. saying. There was a lot of good stuff on that show. Oh, um, Edge and Lance Storm. That's another SummerSlam. I like that. That's from the Continental. Oh one, I believe, two thousand one. Yeah, the years I don't know, but that was a good one. Yeah, um, there, there's just been like I said, SummerSlam was always such a big, big part of the year, the calendar year for the WWE and the Cena years. Uh, I call them the Cena years, but from like oh four. <laughs> to 2014 ish i don't know it was just so difficult to differentiate some of those events like in my head um when the shield came in like i I was uh, you know an admitted mark of all those guys ambrose included and i got back on track but the last like five or six years man i i don't know if i could tell you if any moments stand out to me at a SummerSlam. you know specifically not the last five or six years no definitely not because even John Cena, like, had moments. Like, I'll remember, like, John Cena had that match with Batista. I remember, Duke, do you remember watching that? We were at, like, Greg's house or something randomly. I do remember that. Yeah, now yeah. You say that. Yep. And, like, John Cena and Batista had a good match. I remember yeah. thinking, like, look at the, these guys' chemistry for no reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, even that wasn't within that window. That's probably 2008, 2009, something like yeah. that. Um, It's been a long time since, like, I cared. Maybe the last time was Punk and rock oh there's another one yeah you know what i mean mm. but like that's and 10, 10 years and ago now Cena was at SummerSlam too yeah i so have a Cena. uh theory or sort of a low-key kind of wish because i've i've admitted i don't know if i want gunther to be the longest reigning intercontinental <laughs> champion like i don't know if i want him to have that crown not so much that i like honky tonk man but i don't know if it's gunther that needs to be that guy so i have a theory or a wish little wish that uh because warrior demolished honky tonk man SummerSlam 88 to end his reign, mm-hmm. to end the run. What if Drew McIntyre, SummerSlam 2023, puts the lights out on Gunther, ends the reign? Like in seconds? Yes. Not a chance. I would hate nah. it. Yeah. There, there's, I, you so he wouldn't win. break the record, right? Like that would be right before the record. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He would not break the record then. Yeah, but no, you're saying either. in like Ultimate Warrior fashion, right? Yeah. Well, no, okay. He that comes would make out, it even... stabs him in the chest with the with the <laughs> That's the only way to probably do it, out. right? Killing. No, but what if what, I mean what if Gunther or uh, Drew McIntyre so actually ends the reign? Even if it's a 20 saying, minute match. Okay, anyway. yeah, that that's different. Yeah, yeah but yeah. there's you think not that could happen. Sure. Because Drew hasn't been on TV. And this is a real life situation. He was unhappy, you know, with his spot and like, mm. but I don't know, man, they're, they're high on Gunther, dude. And I'm actually shocked by that yeah, because right. like, we all like him. 
So I'm like, they probably hate him, right? But <laughs> I think the Royal Rumble said everything about that. Like when mm-hmm. he came in at number one and lasted to the end, like mm-hmm. yep. I think they're high on him, dude. And like he's gotten in incredible shape, like crazy. And he and he hasn't lost his strength or anything. Um mm-hmm. I think he's one of my favorite dudes in that company for sure, top five, mm-hmm. hands down. Like mm-hmm. there's no question about it. So I'm, Which is interesting I'm because he that. he only checks one of the boxes, really. I mean, he he has charisma, he has the in ring ability, but like obviously you're not going to see him tell about his promos. If but it's you, just interesting. I don't know, man. There's, it's the old school in me. You know what I mean? Like, a guy comes out wearing trunks and wrestling boots and like a robe, mm-hmm. and he's a legit. I believe he can beat anybody's ass in that locker room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he has. He checks more than one box for me. I mean, he's a good wrestler. I think he does have charisma. I think he can talk. It's not like he's out here, you know, putting out zany one-liners like Seth freaking Rollins. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I think he's cool in his own way, you know. Um, And It's interesting the way – Yeah, it's interesting that Triple H, he's handled that very well. And um, he's clearly got his stock in – the Gunther thing, but I also, like you said, Drew McIntyre holding out on the contract. It's a stadium show. It's a callback to SummerSlam 90, 1992, potentially, where, I mean, the British Bulldog lost, but the main event was the Intercontinental title, another big moment that I obviously had to ma- mention before we got out of here. But... And the Intercontinental champion lost, and it made him. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a way. Right. And, by the way, I like Drew. Drew's probably in that five for yeah. me. You know, like... um. Because, again, he's legit. Like, he's – I believe he can beat anybody's ass. I mean, Brock's going to beat anybody, right? But mm-hmm. Drew's a man's man. Like, he looks cool. He doesn't look like everybody else. He's not wearing black pants and black kick pads. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's just different, you know? Like, who would have thought that wearing trunks and wrestling boots would be different? But he's legit. Yeah. Like, he has an authenticity to him about him. And I, I like that. I don't like fake – carbon copy bullshit i do want to say about that matchup though that we're talking about like he's in a contract and i've been on this show on record saying if you sign a contract they're going to give you the belt right like whatever mm-hmm. they, they sweeten the prize for you mm-hmm. sweeten the pot but we don't know that he signed a new deal with them he was frustrated mm-hmm. and we yeah. didn't know and then he showed back up but it's confirmed that like they may not have had a new deal so like we're going to find out what they think about drew and mm-hmm. what they think about Gunther at this pay-per-view, because I could see Gunther smashing Drew and Drew being on his way out the door as well. Really? Like, wow. Another possibility. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, we're going to have the big record-breaking night with Gunther. You know what I mean? He's going to topple Drew. Who knows what happens, you know? And, like, that's another way to look at it. Like, I'm mm-hmm. worried that he's going to win the strap off of him, just cut him mm-hmm. short of the record, and then mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre is just going to be the IC champion. That doesn't get me excited, and I like Drew, and I'd be mm-hmm. excited if he signed up with AEW just because it'd be different, but just mm-hmm. in WWE, it's just like, are you going to be the champion? It doesn't feel like it, so I just feel like he's in between, you know what I mean? And, like, that's my only issue with Drew right now. I think, what? yeah, the intrigue is, is Gunther going to break that streak, mm-hmm. you sure. know? Sure. So, like, you have that intrigue where, you know, Drew – if he wins, it's just like, all right, so he won the Intercontinental title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I see what you're saying. What if, though, it's sort of similar to SummerSlam 88 with Warrior and uh, 
Gunther beats Drew. Drew's down and out, and he cuts the old same, you know, promo. I, I can't be beat. I'm going to break the record. And we hear that Seamus mm-hmm. music. Oh, comes God. Down. Yeah. And I'll raise comes. you. I'll raise you both. Gunther holds on. He defeats Drew McIntyre. It's a grueling match. It's like 18 minutes, and here comes Senor Money in the Bank. Oh, really? That? Because, yeah, listen, brother. Oh, priest! You can you can t- you can challenge for any title. Oh, so forget the world the title. Yeah, that would be the well, dumbest. It wouldn't, it, Frank. Yeah, wouldn't I know it be it's possible. Crazy? Yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy for someone to cash in on a non-world uh, title? Yeah, he's got three world titles to choose from, and that's the one. <laughs> he yeah, uh, I do want to say there's some other things, obviously, in the history of SummerSlam that we're not going to you know be able to tackle in detail, but I know. Duke, you were there for Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan. A I huge was. match in 2005. Yes. Um, we had Punk and Jeff Hardy, which I, I know a lot of people mm. consider uh, one of the better feuds of Punk's WWE run. Bro, you know, that was this is this is where like the generational thing is shifted. weird because so we're saying, you know, oh, the scene of years and we just discount that from like the history of <laughs> yeah. wrestling. There are 20 two-year-old kids yeah. that are like jeff hardy's goaded bro yeah i know yeah. he's my all-time favorite so like crazy it's, right it's, it's funny yeah it's, it's like i'm officially i hate feeling again. officially old you guys yeah. have been old as long as i've yeah. known you but i, I, I know. Know. whoa <laughs> man Jeez. i'm just saying like now i'm like area i'm talking i'm like oh kids you know what yeah. i mean yeah so you hit that Steel, you hit the wall Steel punk is overrated and like bro your favorite wrestler is jungle boy you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's like stop yeah. it you know he's it's just, actually it's jack perry jack perry's so, are yeah right. it's just it's, it's it's one of those things you know it's one of those things i told you guys before i maybe mentioned it on here they were asking people like um they were asking a bunch of kids like a like a little kids basketball game um, when you think of when you hear the name Mellow, who do you think of? And they were every kid besides like two said Mellow Ball. Lamello Ball. And yep. it was just like, oh, I'm old. Mellow's no longer yep. mellow anymore. You know what I mean? Crazy. Like somebody else's I know. Yep. Well, how about you know, AI used to mean Alan Iverson to us, but uh... <laughs> yeah, now it's gonna <laughs> the robots that are gonna destroy the future. Yeah, exactly. It's um, funny but... because like even um Jordan, like without his shoes, people wouldn't know him. You know mm. what I mean? Like they would be talking about like LeBron as you know yeah. their mm-hmm. um we would not you know uh be able to get out of here without talking about a couple more SummerSlam moments though. I want to bring up the classic Undertaker versus Undertaker. No, I'm just kidding. Uh yeah. the match made in heaven. Savage and Elizabeth, great moment. We've covered it a lot on the show. Powerful stuff, great storytelling there. I think. Um, and also, do you guys remember trivia? Um, well, you'll get it right away. But do you remember the Nexus versus WWE oh, matchup where Cena had to introduce the mystery yeah. partner? It's Daniel yeah. Bryan. Daniel Bryan, yeah. But listen, <laughs> as goofy and shit, we all popped. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah we all lost we our did. minds because yeah. we thought the guy we... was fired. We thought he ruined yeah. his career with the stupid Nexus angle. Choking that was good shit. That team is pretty damn cool. The WWE very cool. Brett freaking hard. And the the Nexus (laughs) team though is not. No, exactly. But he Slater took care of Brett, and I like he sure did. Yeah, dude, he Slater gets respect for life for that dude. He's not sure. Him and him and Cash Wheeler, they're 
Oh, we, oh yeah, that's right. Cash Wheeler yep. beat up the guy. Cash, right? if you're listening, whenever you're in Philly, bro, yeah. it's on me. The whiskey's on me. <laughs> yeah, so much um, to talk about with SummerSlam. We'll do that one day. We'll count down legitimately some of our favorite moments or matches. But um, Listen, maybe another year, right? That's right. This that's is our right. year anniversary. Maybe next year we do a whole SummerSlam spectacular. I like it. We'll hop on the Lex Express now, which was derailed at SummerSlam 93, unfortunately. Me, speaking of Lex but, Luger, hmm. let me tell you guys what happened. Uh, I believe it was last week. Hmm. Um, he tweeted, I'm sorry, he X'd. Is that what we're saying now? Yeah, we're X'd. He X'd, X'd a photo. Yeah, he um, X'd. And it was him and the Stinger. And I was like, two, one of my favorite teams ever. I was like, two Hall of Famers. And he gave me the big thumbs up. Uh, nice. Yeah, nice. It was cool. I Shout got one of those. From, I got one of those from Scott Hall back in the day. Ah, oh, that's awesome. On mm. Twitter, yeah, that's beautiful. Me when I joined the click, and he dude. Liked by it. the way, the Lex Luger, that whole Yokozuna SummerSlam mm-hmm. thing, man, that was some uh, of my earliest memories of pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Deal. Just like I remember seeing it and seeing him slam and Yoko being scared. Yeah. When I was a kid, that felt like a big deal to me. Looking back on it now, you know, it's funny, but. When oh, I was really? Kid, you, I don't, you still don't think you don't think that was cool now? Like, as no, 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 no. I think I think it's Hell cool Copy. because you okay. know what I mean. But it's just like funny to look back on it. I'm like, man, I really thought like there was nothing bigger in pro wrestling. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like than this moment, you know, because like I just have a visual of him seeing him saying, "Weren't they like on like a runway or something like that?" Like it wasn't. They even were on the USS Intrepid. Yeah, 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 like that's what I remember. It's funny because I haven't watched that in so long, but like that's what yeah. I remember as a kid. And I just remember Yoko being all shook, running away. And like as a kid, that memory stayed in my head forever. And I, I don't even like I Lex. I still think I think that is epic. Like yeah, me too. still, like when he arrives in that helicopter, I can see Luger's face. Like mm-hmm. he's all the business. shirts. Yeah, dude. Like I was like, you guys know I'm a Luger guy. I love mm-hmm. I love Flexi Lexi. It's a goddamn travesty that he's not in the Hall of Fame. It really is. Like they need yeah, to get him joke. in ASAP while he's alive, you know. Yeah. Um, but that whole thing, dude, that lead off once again, WWE dropping the ball, you know, with the mm-hmm. culmination of something when he should have beat the great interrupter known as Yokozuna. <laughs> but that was uh, no, that was a big dude, thing. That's that's what a top moment in WWE history, let alone SummerSlam history. The the slam on the USS Intrepid mm-hmm. with Lex Luger was absolutely huge. We're gonna hop on the Lex Express <clears throat> to next year. This has been a whole one year of no sold. Uh, and we're we're signing off. I do want to say though, because you brought up Razor Ramon, Frank, on the way out, not to be all somber, but we do continue to lose some of the you know our heroes in wrestling. You know, as we do the show. We we lost a few more, and and the Scott Hall one was surreal, brutal, and um, I'm glad we can use these shows to pay tribute to these guys and and talk, you know, just in our own little circle here about how much, especially I know Frank, you you know that was your guy that connected yeah. you to wrestling, for sure, dude. That one hit me hard, you know, and it hit me harder than Eddie's even because Eddie's I was kind of mm. like I was I was out of wrestling for at that point, you know what I mean? And I remember somebody texting me and it was just like, oh, it was sad, you know. And it was just like a bummer, but I kind of wasn't so deep. But with Razor, it became one of those things where I was also younger when Eddie died, you know, and like as you get older and you start to think like I remember when I met Razor, it was like I I gotta meet this guy before he dies. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's that's how we look at it a lot of times with our yeah. favorite wrestlers, you know. 
And it's sort of like, and I made it a point to meet him. And I was, it's like a memory I'll hold forever. And I didn't get that with Eddie. So, mm. you know, I think that all, all of those things combined, you know, and the fact that he reminds me of my uncle so much, you know, it just felt like, wow, like this guy really, it really hit me harder than like any other pro wrestler's death. You know, I was very yeah. bummed out about it. So yeah, it was a hard one, you know, but rest in peace. But we got to share. Yeah. We got to share like those clips of him on Springer making oh, that little yeah. girl's moment. That 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 was all good stuff to kind of I like. I think like the on. sad thing about Razor is like he got clean, you yeah. know, like he was doing good, you know, and like that's always the bummer when these guys finally get out of it, and then like it happens anyway. But right, thankfully, listen, this is a good thing. Again, we have this platform that we can talk mm-hmm. about the greatness mm-hmm. of Scott Hall of all these legends that we lose every year we did a whole show as soon as um superstar billy graham mm-hmm. passed away you know like we can continue to do that unfortunately it's a thing as you get yeah. older your your childhood disappears mm-hmm. man it's a thing but like look at look back fondly and you know you have like the network you know you can always go back and watch these guys and we will definitely do our best to talk about them and honor them you know after the fact yeah i had to mention um that about razor and you know it's just crazy we lost antonio anoki who was just a living legend at the time an absolute icon in the wrestling business iron Sheik recently passed one of my personal favorites lanny pill lanny poffo excuse me the genius and another one that really shook us up in a weird way and i no, yeah. it's it's jay briscoe which was surreal mm-hmm. As, as guys like watching the weekly shows and, you know, even their, they were in the heat of the, the uh, FTR feud and just yeah. all the great business they were doing. And I know, Frank, that, that was another one where like, we're not super fans yeah, of their characters, exactly. but yeah, that was, yeah, that one, that one did hit me all weird as well, just because, you know, we, the ones you don't expect at all really suck, you know, and like Brody was another one, you know, we're like, that really that like that like rocked my socks you know what i mean because it was just like whoa it was just like when you don't expect it when it's so tragic and sudden you know um you know it hits differently you know and like with with uh with jay there it was just we'd watched him at in the smallest arenas you could see these guys you know what i mean and like to finally see them like coming up and Mm -hmm. they couldn't get an awtv but you know they felt like they were on the cusp with tony buying ring Mm -hmm. of honor you know you felt like it might be able to work itself out and then they had that great trilogy of matches that like I crowned, dude. You know what I mean? Like I crowned that trilogy. Like, and I'm not this Briscoe fan like that. And that trilogy is so good. And then they won the straps and then for him to pass away, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, it's kind of like, it's like a sad story, but it's like storybook in ways, you know what I mean? Like the way that mm-hmm. story ended and, um, you know, it, it, yeah, those are, those are always hit harder when they come out of nowhere. Yeah, I wanted to pay some respects to those guys one more time because uh, the past year we have had like so many moments. Like we said, this the wrestling business is it's just flying high, and um, we're always here to talk about it. You know, it's it's cool to, to to you know check in with everyone and and go over you know some of the latest stuff. But but some of those some of those guys uh, and girls, Sarah Lee, uh, mm. you know, it's just. It's just crazy and surreal, but uh, it's like therapeutic, I guess, cathartic mm-hmm. to kind of just talk about it and, you know, hear from the other people. We want people to chime in in the comments. You know, first of all, we thank everybody for the last year checking in all the old faces, the new faces. 
And uh, we want you to check in the comments if you want. Talk about SummerSlam's greatest, hottest moments, something that maybe you have a personal connection with in SummerSlam history. And uh, talk about what you want to see us do in the next year because and we're going to keep know it going. Their favorite parts of the past year. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. some of their favorite you, shows, stuff like that. What you would like to see in the new year, yeah. what you want to see us cover. You know, we are uh, broadcast journalists. We will. <laughs> take constructive criticism don't say you effing suck because that'll just get you blocked yeah i mean if you want me replaced that's cool you know we can <laughs> we can explore all options i mean no sold ex- the brand we can you know. re- yeah we'll, we'll go on without with a mannequin a mannequin yeah. and a hat an ai yeah coming soon no sold an ai podcast <laughs> oh before we go actually john i'm shocked you didn't bring this up What's that? So during the creative process of No Sold, oh. right? Like we're going to start this podcast up. We had a bunch of names on a list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have those in front of you? Or do you guys oh, I, have any off the top of your head that you want to? Uh, I think yeah. I, well, well go uh, ahead, Frank. Didn't you got you guys want, damn, Blue Thunder. Dude, Blue dude, Thunder John was Boy, John Boy was, I was so yeah, stuck that, was, that wasn't me. Yeah, that John Boy was me. so stuck on Blue Thunder that I couldn't. I had to just put my foot down and be like, I'm not doing it. It's called Blue Thunder. This was one of the classic arguments before the show even started. Mm-hmm. We couldn't yep. even get on this. This is our biggest argument, maybe ever. Yep. Really, was it, the name. it was? It was. It was the name ridiculous? Yeah, yeah, like crazy. It was frustrating, dude. It's hard to name something. You come up with a yeah, million names. It is. People already it had. Is. It's tricky, you know. And yeah, John Boy. I got the names. Yeah. Oh, I'm synonymous. You know, I'm synonymous with that. But I got some names. Uh, first of all, you know I was hell-bent on Titan Towers. Yeah, I lost yes. out there. That, that got yep. vetoed. But Titan Towers was one. Blue Thunder was one. Duke coming in with promos and pyro. <laughs> promos and pyro. So this is promos and pyro. Promos and pyro. Kayfabe uh, Connection was considered. Front Row Center was considered. Yeah. Interesting. How about... Pro wrestling perspective, <laughs> the generic, oh, the three so genericos. John, you didn't want anything with wrestling in the title. Yeah, I did not. If you recall, because you wanted to do Blue Thunder, a wrestling yeah. podcast, because Blue yeah. Thunder screams pro wrestling. Hey, Blue Thunder bomb. <laughs> and um, I didn't want anything that was specifically one company, right? So like, yeah, WWE. So wrestling. Titan Towers is cool. Yeah, for a WWF, so, you know, exactly. that's inspired. how I felt. Yeah, and at the I time, did like mind you, yeah, and at the time Vince was going through scandal. Yeah, so like, right. <laughs> it was another thing to be like, and now we're named after his company, and I was just like, yeah. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was yeah. tricky. I, it was, we got Frank. I gotta, I gotta give him your couple of yours. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's hear ones. some of these. I was just. I was probably just butter when I was sending names half <laughs> the time. I can't even say them with a straight face. I'll be honest. The one that you said, we had like a side text. And I'm like, bro, is he fucking with us right now? <laughs> I thought like, it was a joke. I thought you were messing with Yeah, him. he's not serious. I think he's just throwing stuff out because you're like throwing nonsense out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was probably annoyed, but. I mm-hmm. think he was. Th- Take me to the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, that was trying to rib John Boy because oh, I felt like he was saying to no to everything Tokyo I say, Dome. so I said, "Take me to the Tokyo Dome." Yeah. So this is "Take me to the Tokyo Dome." Take me to the Tokyo Dome, brother. How about no? But this one was near and dear to Frank's heart, and I respect this, this was actually. this was yeah in the, cow, the palace. cow palace. Yep, <laughs> yeah. that's a good one though. That's kind of cool, actually. Yep, that's kind of like cowboy that in them. 
Yep, yep. We almost called it oversell. Did we? Nah. That was on the list here. No, I <laughs> that one. What was the oversell. one that we liked, but it was like too close to another one? You remember oh, that man. one? There was oh, like a um, leather and gold or something like that. No, nah, it was... wasn't that. You guys accused me of like a dominatrix type deal. <laughs> That's right. That was me. That was me. <laughs> oh, technically, our first sample episode was the three man power trip. That's yes. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. What That's happened? Right. There was another one called. There was a two-man power trip out there okay. already. You know what I mean? Okay. So like we, but like we were almost sample, the three-man power trip. Episode yeah. was three-man power trip. Yeah. Okay. How yeah, I, I still think that's cool. I think it's cool. I, I was perfectly yeah. fine with. It. That's what I think was frustrating that we were we kind of joked with three-man power trip, and then we were all like, "Well, we're kind of cool with that." And then it was like, oh, "We can't do it." And then a million yeah. names later, and then here we are, not giving a shit. <laughs> but if I, I know, hanging it's just out no with sold. our buds, and it's still yeah. fun, no matter what the hell we call it. This is why people need to calm down when Walter has to be Gunther, or you know, they change names because yeah. you just get used to. I it. don't, I don't care about that at all. His name. Changed. A lot of people get, but, but yo, yeah. I, on the way out, I wait I, I a wish second, I could... real quick, John, and then I'll let you wrap up. Are you telling me that people get offended on the internet? <laughs> it happens. That's it's crazy. Not, it happens. They still do. Um, That's crazy. If, if, if i could go Brian back and, <laughs> if i could go back and pull up that text thread easily like i would because when duke started sending things like wingtip boots and leather and gold <laughs> i yeah. was like no. where which direction I, we going yeah, here <laughs> listen man i'm out here but i on the other hand i was like stuck directly in the 80s i was like iron grapple or power <laughs> yeah, chrome yeah. or titan towers power chrome i remember that one yeah yeah Blue Cage, wow. Well, I'm not a WWF, Mark. <laughs> no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Brawl City is on this list. Thank goodness we didn't pick that. Brawl the hell City, for... that sounds like a video game. Right. Terrible. <laughs> all right. Well, that was fun. Take me to the Tokyo Dome now. I'm going on the Going for it. Yeah, we're going to uh, – <laughs> big big news. We're changing the podcast name. Take <laughs> me to the Tokyo, Tokyo Dome. Dome. We'll be rebranded next time you tune in. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been fun. It's been one year of no sold. That's the official title. That's the official that name. Is. Ain't no going back. Nope. We're this no selling we every other name. Exactly. That's right. This is who we are. This is uh this has been fun though. Next week we're not gonna be here. I'm gonna be out on assignment, paid for by no sold. Thank God. Can't afford it. Um every time I try then, to get something there, it's it's not in the cards. Sorry, pal. Your account's like locked for some reason. I don't yeah, know what's going on. Apparently. But we'll um we'll pick it back up the following week. We're we're going into AEW all in, and that's the big thing after SummerSlam. So we're gonna cover that. We have a lot more to get into. We're gonna go down memory lane, check out some old shows, some spotlights. Let us know in the comments what you want for the East West connection. This has been No Sold, and that's the bottom line. Because no sold said so.